You know what I'm saying? No handlebars. Everyday success for a better life. Hey guys, welcome back to No Handlebars. It's your host, Tori. Thank you for tuning in once again to this podcast about everyday achievements. So the story this time is a story from my friend Noah, who used to work in a kitchen with him. But he went on to get on Naked and Afraid and spend 21 days in the African wilderness naked. Here's a story. Listen up. Hello? Hello. Dude, hey. You look so much better than you did when you came off the show, dude. (laughs) When I saw a picture of Noah when he got off of Naked and Afraid, he literally looked like Tarzan. He looked so skinny and dirty and animated, like a tanned, dirt-laden, Tarzan, Russell Brand-looking kind of guy. Isn't it crazy? What a weird thing. I can't believe you did that. I can't that was left it. field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. As we get started, essentially what to expect is Noah's going to tell us about all these survival skills he had to use while he was naked out for 21 days in the wilderness of Africa. And what he took from that, these essential life lessons you really don't get unless you're naked for an extended period of time and in a vulnerable situation. Along with Noah's story, we're going to have commentary from a festival I attended and just getting people's input on, yeah, what would you do if you were naked for 21 days in Africa? Let's go. Yeah. All right, Jeff, where are we right now? Crested Butte, Colorado. Yeah. Sleds and Kegs, 2023. Hell yeah. How would you feel if you had to be naked for 21 days? Huh? In Crested Butte? How about Africa? Uh, Anywhere warm, I guess, would be okay. I could probably do that. With shrubbery and stuff? Shrubbery? Yeah, shrubbery around. Like, yeah. pokey, you know? Interesting. Would you be down still? Um, Depends on how dense it is and if I could avoid the shrubbery. Yes from my nakedness. How would you feel about... (laughs) I think that's all I got. (laughs) Let's just jump into it. So I just finished watching the episode. Discovery Plus, Season 14, Episode 9, Snag a Free Trial. And P.S., welcome to No Handlebars. Yeah. Yeah, you reached out to me, which is also an honor to want to be on this wonderful show about achievements. And I think you had a huge one. 21 days being... A nude dude in the African wilderness. <laughs> yeah, naked and afraid. And let me say, it, it, you know, it's an honor to be here. I love, I love the podcast. Love what you're doing. And it's a little bit of a of a lifelong dream to be on a podcast. Checking that one off. Check it off, dude. Was yeah, being she, in the African wilderness naked a lifelong dream? You know what? No, <gasps> no. Believe it or not, that that happened quickly. <laughs> I um. I actually was reached out to via Instagram message by some casting agent or something or other. And they're like, hey, are you interested in applying for this? And I was like, oh, man, this is 100% a scam. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I was pretty rude to the person at first. I was like, you know, leave me alone kind of thing. Um, (laughs) But then they, you know, they sent me their contact information. They're like, no, this is legit. Are you interested? And I was like, wow, man. I guess I am. That seems pretty cool. Didn't really hear anything back for a while. And then I get a call and it's like, hey, does right now work for an interview? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. They're like, well, what are your, how are you qualified for this? How good does your ass look on camera? (laughs) Is that a question? Pretty much. (laughs) No, it's, no, it was, it was pretty much like, have you spent time outside? Do you know what you're doing? Are you going to get out there and freak out kind of situation? Oh man, I hope not. I hope I'm going to do okay. The whole part where I had to like prove that I know stuff about survival, that was kind of stressful. It's like, man, you know, somewhat of a validation stuff going on. It's like, I don't know. Now that it's like the moment, like, I don't know if I, if I'm good enough or if I know my stuff well enough or whatever. Don't you have but a degree they, in that? 
something like that. Outdoor education. I don't know how transferable that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, then kept progressing more and more interviews. And it would go like a week or two at a time where I wouldn't hear from them and be like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. And then they were like, let's get you set up with a psyche valve and a physical. And I was like, oh, seems like maybe things are going in the direction of me being picked for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was stressed out. Stressed, You're stressed out. Through the out? Whole You're like, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> on paper, it seems great. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to go. Does that you know, seem great on, on paper? Because, oh, yeah. Be on TV. Okay. Not the naked in Africa part. You had the option, the choice to be naked for 21 days. Would you do it? There's no terms. Yes or no? <laughs> yes. You yeah. Have? Yeah. Okay. Now there's terms. What do you think? I would say no. No. Am I allowed to have sunscreen? No. No sunscreen. Nipple covers? No, no nipple covers. No Ouch. No, thank you. Yeah. I need sunscreen. sunscreen. You're in Africa. <laughs> I need sunscreen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then you think about it a little bit. You watch some other episodes. You're like, man, this is this is for real. People are out here really having an experience. And I'm like working and applying to be on this, to be part of this. Like, what am I doing? You know what's so ironic just now? I went to like itch my butt because I have something poking me, like a freaking splinter or a thorn. You know. That's exactly what happened to you. You should go on the show. You should apply. (laughs) Anyway, so they, they like you passed all the stuff. And you're in. Like, what did it feel like when you're like, okay, I'm actually going to go to Africa? It's weird. You're like, I was stressing about it so much. I was like kind of getting ready. You know, I was thinking like, well, it would you know, take a little time to put on some weight, which I probably should do. So, you know, I was eating pretty bad. Um, I was running around barefoot. But then I got an email while I was at work. It's like, congrats, you're selected. Like, wow. oh, man, here we go. You're going to South Africa. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't even know the first thing about South Africa. Checked out my map up here. I'm like, there it is. Got it. All right. Then Googled, like, South Africa. (laughs) The first thing about South Africa from Wikipedia.com is South Africa is known as such because it is the southernmost country in Africa and also the southernmost country of the mainland of the old world. The old world is pretty much Europe and Africa and Asia, not including South America or North America because I did not know it existed. Also, South Africa is experiencing some serious environmental issues at the moment, being that the city of Cape Town is enduring water shortages, energy shortages, and all the lot. Luckily, Noah did not have to experience these woes in the African wilderness in the nude. Yeah, um... And then stress studied for for a while. I took took a little time off work before it started so I could make sure, you know, I'm ready. I'm out there running around barefoot and shirtless like an animal. Just in Bozeman, <laughs> Montana, where you live? Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, I'm, I'm a house painter. And so it, I started filming in October. But leading up to that, it was August when all this stuff was going on. So it was hot. I was working outside, painting houses. Just a naked house painter. They're like, why? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like barefoot and shirtless. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could tell people like, oh yeah, I'm training to be on a crazy TV show. But I wasn't really allowed to talk about it too much leading up to it. So I I looked like the most dirt baggiest dirt bag ever. (laughs) Little did they know. (laughs) So let's go to Africa. Noah, he got on the show. Discovery Channel Plus season 14 episode 9 you can snag a free child to watch it the premise of the show was this mentors and newbies type of thing or they called it mentors and rookies and noah was a rookie and he would be accompanied by someone who had been on naked and afraid before and so would another rookie so two rookies two mentees eventually the two groups would merge and become one group one african naked survival force Each pair of one legend and one rookie will have to survive in two separate camps for the first 10 days. If they make it to day 11, they will merge and attempt to complete the challenge as a single tribe. This is crazy. 
I think that they're obviously going to have a lot of experience and know-how in a situation like this that I'm going to be able to learn from. So let's jump ahead. We're in Africa, and Noah's about to meet his mentor. How? That first naked hug, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. So oh, my God. I feel thing... like I could hear your bodies slap together in that hug. <laughs> <laughs> the first day, it was crazy. They, you know, they let me know. They're like, all right, you're going tomorrow. Um, be ready by this time. Pack up your stuff. We'll take care of it while you're out there. Blah, blah, blah. Get in a Jeep. Start just driving around the, the desert out there. You know, there's like rhinos running by and wildebeest and giraffes in the distance. I'm like, what is this is crazy. Like, I am in Africa. I'm about to be naked and just surviving. It's such a crazy thing. And then they pull over the Jeep and they're like, all right, get naked. Time to do it. I'm like, uh, okay. So And they're like pointing a camera at you while you do yeah. it too. Yeah, and that was that was kind of the first time I realized that, you know, there are a bunch of cameras around. All these people are, you know, kind of here for me. You know, I'm just gonna be following me around. There's all these people pull over, get naked, and everyone tries to think of like a cool line to say when you first like take off your clothes and get naked on camera. I think I said something stupid like, All right, here we go. Eventually, the producer is pretty much like, head that way. You will eventually run into your partner. Walking around through the bushes, doing my own thing, like, wow, there's a lot of thorns around here. And wow, it's really hot. I'm going to get sunburned. And then, you know, I feel I feel weird with all these people around. And then I see another naked person. And it was almost like, oh, my goodness, someone else is doing the same thing as me. And it was <laughs> instantly a relief. Like, oh. any of the awkwardness out the door went right in for the hug. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it was, you know, a little bit of that meeting stuff. We, we both discussed the items we brought, and then it was off to go find our, find where we were going to stay for the first little while. Yeah, Tara, how would you feel if you were naked for 21 days? Am I also in Africa? Yes. In the Sahara Desert? Yeah. Ignorant Tory American moment. It's not the Sahara Desert, it is the Kalahari Desert. Do I get do I get sunscreen? No. No. I'm not gonna die of melanoma. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's like the worst death ever. How do you think sunburn in your butt crack would feel? I don't think I want to know. Ooh. I think it's Maddie. How would you feel if you had to be naked for 21 days? No. No. Yeah. yeah. So I I learned shortly before I left that it was gonna be a legends and rookies kind of. No thing. way. So at yeah, first you thought you were going to be alone, probably, right? I At first I thought it was just going to be the duo. And mm. then they let me know, you're actually going to be paired with someone who's extremely well qualified. Like, oh, sweet. You know, I don't even I, care that I'm classified as a rookie on camera. I don't care. I am a rookie. Mm -hmm. um, and like this person um, was on. So the, the legends are people that finish the the 60-day challenge. You know, these people are certified badasses, tried and true. Like, I'll be paired with one of them. Awesome. Couldn't couldn't be better, honestly. And so I saw it was Riley. Like, super stoked. Like, this is, you know, a, a very skilled survivalist. Like, one of the best around. How about your survival rating of 5.7? Did you agree with that? These seemed very weird of how they ranked you guys. It's... <laughs> It's all a little arbitrary. I, Out of 10. But yeah, 5.7 seems about right. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time outside, but not really in like strict survival setting, I guess. I had the similar thought of like, man, I don't know about all this. I hope I can do it. <laughs> Google South Africa. Where yeah, is that? Yeah, exactly. And then, man, it was a crazy life experience just getting to that point. You know, I was anxious, I was having dreams about it. I was like trying to study, crunched so hard and I was eating a lot of food and pretty much everything I was doing was preparing for this when I realized it was happening. And then all the stress leading up to it kind of just went away and turned into like a focus when you get out there. You're like, all right, all the other stuff done. All I have to do for the next 21 days is survive. Level up. I don't know, you, you immediately start looking at everything. You're like, well, this rock has you know, lichen on one side of it. So, you know, that would probably north or south, I guess, because you're in the south southern hemisphere. So it's just 
picking up on any little thing you can. Like the birds are flying that way, so that means it's probably water. Or vegetation is down that way, so that's probably like a more shaded area with more moisture. Stuff like that, just immediately you click into it and and people say a lot of buzzwords about survival, blah, 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 blah. But it really is, it felt like a primitive sort of state of mind. I'm going to make a broad assumption and say that humans in the Western world will at times or have at one point in their life fantasized about their ability to survive in the wilderness or in a survival situation. You know, we see movies about this all the time. We watch TV shows like Naked Afraid. Can we do it? Well, here's the top 10 survival skills from RedBull.com. The article is called 10 Essential Tips to Help You Survive in the Wilderness. Let's get into it. Number one, be prepared. Yeah, always be prepared. Do your research. Number two, stay calm. Quote, panic is one of the biggest dangers of all when you're out in the wilderness. If you get nervous or scared, the body naturally goes into fight or flight mode. Being able to control that is crucial. Contributor to the article, Josh James, is quoted saying, when shit hits the fan, slow down. Think clearly and choose wisely. Acronym, S-T-O-P, stop. Think, observe, plan. Stay calm. Josh James says, tap into the vagus nerve. What's that? What the vagus nerve is and how to stimulate it for better mental health from Forbes.com. The vagus nerve is the body's superpower. It's used to counteract your fight slash flight system. It is the 10th of cranial nerve of 12 cranial nerves that originates in the medulla oblongata, a part of your brain that connects to the spinal cord and splits off into many branches that extend through your neck and your abdominal organs. Thanks, WebMD. This vagus nerve is responsible for helping you exit fight or flight mode. Other functions it's responsible for is unconscious function of breathing, digesting food, sweating. A way to practice strengthening your vagus nerve is to practice mindfulness, yoga, breath work. However you stimulate your vagus nerve, quote, you are tapping into mindfulness and coming home to yourself when you do. The vagus nerve reminds me of when you are about to do a race or something scary and you have to put down your fear and get into your zone, your center, that's when I believe your heart rate is slowed down and this vagus nerve is stimulated. Ha, we're still on number three. Number three is build your skill set. Number four, keep practicing. Five, know how to plan. That means making a plan A, plan B, plan C. You need to be flexible and prepare to switch if things go wrong. Six, pack the important stuff. That's very much a personal choice. Seven, learn how to eat. That goes into building your skill set and learning where about your surroundings. Eight, learn how to build a shelter. Nine, know how to make a good fire. Number ten, yes! Number ten is to stay positive. Did you see that coming? Holy crap. I didn't. Not from Red Bull. I thought they're going to say number 10 is you have to be able to like drink enough Red Bull in order to transcend into a sixth sense. But no, it's stay positive. Let's get back to Noah. Now it's such a funny thing. It's hilarious. Like what a weird thing to go do. But in the moment, it was the most intense thing I've ever done. Like hands down, I was in the zone. Like, man, I was any any sound moving i was like snap that way and be like what was that can i eat that or like any bit of rain like rain clouds would be like all right gotta prepare for that all the stuff i mean you just like it was intense it was but that is the most human state you might ever be forced into or volunteer to go experience right what did your mom think or your parents when i told them it was like hey i got asked if i wanted to apply for this and i did um my dad at first was like you know that's stupid why would you do that that sounds terrible even if you could make it you know it's it's like an incredibly difficult thing to go through like, yeah i agree but kind of you know the challenge you gotta gotta get after it you gotta test how far you can go kind of thing mm-hmm. and my mom was like oh yeah totally go for it that's so cool it's cool mom and then as the as things started progressing and i was like yes i'm going my dad started watching the show, started kind of getting into the strategy of it, being like, this is what you should probably figure out. And my mom got more and more worried. It's pretty <laughs> funny. They kind of switched roles. Yeah. <laughs> what about the friends? The friends were... Dude. 
yeah, the friends were gung ho. They were they were game for it. They were very excited, super supportive. Um, I don't think they believed me at first, dude. Um, and I couldn't really talk a lot about it because you know all sorts of contract things, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told people who would worry if I was gone for two months with no contact, and so that was my my close friend group here. Um, and we had a little going away party and talked about all the things that I would probably accomplish. And, you know, a great, a great group of people, very, very humorous and able to laugh about it all. And it, it helped a lot having a good kind of support group going into it. So I wouldn't stress out too much. So at that party, like you mentioned things you thought you might accomplish. What did you think you were going to accomplish? The looking at it from the outside, it's such a crazy thing. It's so different from your day to day. It's like, all right, well, I'm painting houses for my day job, and in a week, I'm going to South Africa to try and survive in the wild. It's like, who knows what you're going to run into? But <laughs> through my Google searches, I realized there were all sorts of crazy animals: giraffes, tigers, huh? probably not tigers. Yeah. Baboons, the giraffes, elephants, rhinos, cobras, all the stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm probably just going to have a hell of a time out there. Okay, so you didn't know. You didn't, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> you just thought you were going to have a hell of a time. Yeah, it, it's hard to, it's just hard to picture. Like you didn't you know, you know what to expect. At all, yeah. hardly. I Besides had, Google I had search. no clue what to expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we ended up making a playlist for me to listen to in my travels and just search any song that had anything to do with Africa or elephants or the heat or the cold or anything like that. Tell me the Rain um, of Africa song by Toto was in there. Oh my goodness. Bless the rains I... down in Africa. <laughs> Africa by Toto was stuck in my head the entire time. No way. Stop yes. it. You're and, lying. And I, I, no. And I would always whistle it. I would always whistle it or sing it under my breath or whatever. And the producer would be like, no, stop. That's copyrighted. Can't use that. <laughs> okay. You had some funny remarks in there, though. It's crazy. But before we get more into your remarks, so we went into the insertion walk. You were having, like, and at this point, you were stoked to have your naked hug and meet someone who was capable to accompany you. But then, like, on the walk, you know, your partner's foot starts going numb. Are you starting to, like, question what you're getting into? And, I mean, I would get kind of naked and scared at that point was the, the first point. Yeah, the the walk-in, Riley's foot started going numb. She started having pain from that. Couldn't really, you know, there's thorns everywhere. you got to feel where you're walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was concerning it was a little disheartening to see someone on my team you know that I was gonna work really hard with already you know sustain some kind of injury and so it was a little disheartening at that point I was like yeah we'll we'll work with it how we can you know I'll go gather firewood and stuff and you can do stuff you don't have to walk around too much that kind of deal do you think she stepped on something like slightly poisonous or something what in the hell was that thing? So what happened next? Something that is a sore subject on the feet. There was a blister. Uh, the blister. Uh, oh, God. The blister. <laughs> yeah, Riley, unfortunately, stepped on some hot cold. <laughs> um, bummer. It's hard to, hard to predict that. You know, mm-hmm. a simple mistake can cost you a challenge like that. She stepped on hot coals and burnt her foot. Dude. Um, it was a bummer. And tapped it was out. A big bummer. And tapped out. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And, but yeah, that was five days effect. in. Five days in. Yeah. Five days in, Riley. Or six days in. And you had five days left before you meet up with the other two people. Yes. So Riley burnt her foot on day five. And then on day six, she tapped out. Um, Big bummer. Um, you know, and at that point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, my expert, the person who is supposed to pretty much carry me through this. No, the person who is supposed to be the expert, you know, um, they're they were gone just like that.
suddenly I was alone for about a week before I met up with the other crew of people. Um, and that, that was a, a sad moment for me. I was like, well, now I guess I got to do it on my own. Hope I can. Think I can. But, so you didn't you panic. Know. You mostly just contemplated it. I hope I can. I think I can. <laughs> there was definitely like a heartbeat of panic. It's like this person who is incredibly well qualified, and then me, who has been called a rookie this whole time, is now on his own out here. Oh my god! Before that, she got that fish with your knife that you brought, dude. Yeah. And your face was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Riley pulls up and she just hacks this fish right away. I'm like, what is happening? Like, so stoked. I mean, that's a great meal. Catfish, fatty, good, lots of oil in it. It's mm -hmm. perfect. Riley can apparently chop catfish out of a river. Yes. Great. Yes. <laughs> and then she grabbed the second one and you're just like, what is happening? I think you said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. No, Riley, Riley's a badass. She knows what she's doing. And then she said a cool quote I liked, expert versus teacher versus student and how to never claim to be an expert. I think that's a valid, valid statement not to claim to be an expert. And hmm, let's see. What about that? That's not even the quote, but that's kind of something I want to touch on because I feel like that's a big theme of how you started off as a student and you had your teacher there. Who was the second guy you guys eventually met up with? What was his name again? Or you? That eventually? was Max. Max. Like the other girl was chilling with Max. And Noah's oh, here, yeah. left alone with the bamboos. The baboons. I keep saying bamboons. Bamboons. In yeah, the, the African baboons. wilderness. Looking, when I watched the episode, it was so funny to see they were literally eating bacon um, from a warthog that Max shot with a bow and arrow. And I'm out here alone by myself so sunburned more sunburned than i've ever been ouch like flitting over rocks to look for scorpions to eat <laughs> straight up <laughs> dude what made you think that that's a i mean that is a good idea to eat scorpions but that's not something we have over in montana you're right some research you know what that? it was the um the baboons were flipping over rocks and eating scorpions and i would see that or at night they would do that, and in the morning I would go check it out, see what they were up to all night, um, and find bits of scorpion and flipped over rocks. And I was like, oh, but I could do that. How about the first time so, you flipped a rock over and saw one? Were you like... Yeah, I flipped over the rock, saw the scorpion, and I was like, oh, oh it worked. <laughs> it was like looking around for something to squish it with. Um, and I finally used my little spear thing and yeah. squished it, cooked it up, and that was good. It was uh, good. This, yeah. Oh, man. You know what they say? Hunger is the best seasoning. Oh, yeah. They do say that. <laughs> um, what did no, it taste scorpions like? scorpions were tasty. It was, you know, it sounds cliche to say, but it kind of tastes like chicken. Why does everything taste like chicken? That's so weird. And there was probably like 50 calories in a scorpion or something. But even just like the, the mental victory of a little win like that went so, so far. Like one chicken wing worth, or maybe even less. Probably even less. Probably like a fourth of a chicken wing at, oh. at most. I'm picturing scorpions shaped like chicken wings running around. If only that was the case, that'd if be only. awesome. The scorpion venom is really interesting. When you cook it, it turns into a protein. So their their sort of nutrient to weight ratio is really really high. Oh, so, interesting. Good food. Good way to go, dude. Okay, so you were left alone. You had a slight bit of panic, but then did you just, you're like, did you think you wanted to quit or you're, there wasn't a thought in your mind. You just wanted to keep going. Honestly, the whole time I didn't want to quit. I think it's because I hyped it up in my head for so long, months and months leading up to it. And then it finally happened. I was like, quitting just shouldn't even be on my radar. Shouldn't even be in my mind. Shouldn't be an option. <laughs> We're talking about naked and afraid. What it's like to be naked for 21 days straight. Uh, you think you could do that? Heaven's no. Heaven's no. This is my father. Hi. I'm You get in the headspace of you're like, all right, this is what I'm doing. I will do what it takes to accomplish this. 
this goal I've set out for myself three weeks from now, you know, I'll, I'll walk out at the end. You know, there's all sorts of unknowns. Like you could get sick, you could get bit by a snake, you could, you know, pass out and hit your head on something just like that. It's over. But things in your control, I think that that sort of focus, that tunnel vision towards the end really kept me going. I really didn't ever want to quit. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't really describe myself as a particularly driven person, but I think in this particular scenario, I, I was able to really, really focus in, um, get in the proverbial pain cave and just really focus on it and get to the end. Um, you know, I'm, I'm driven in some things like I really like skiing and I really like you know, hanging out with friends and having good interpersonal relationships, but things like maybe showing up to class or, you know, being <laughs> totally focused at work, that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not overly driven. I'm not type A. One thing I liked from the episode when it was your first night or something and the baboons were making all those noises with just, you didn't know what they were doing at that point. And you said, it's kind of, you got really close to the camera, your face. It's kind of crazy and scary. (laughs) You seemed really scared, but it was funny the way you said it. This is crazy. Night times (laughs) were so scary. I'm not even going to lie. Did you even sleep? I I slept in like 30 minute increments and then I would wake up and the fire would be dying down and I'd be like, oh no. And then throw another log on it, go back to sleep. And then there'd be like warthogs running by and baboons screaming and flipping rocks and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, it was like the craziest thing. And you know, all the camera people go home. They they stay at their whatever Resort. camp. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they I think they camp a few miles away. I'm not too sure. I don't really know how all that works. Um, but they were gone and just put up some GoPros looking at me. Um, Especially when I was alone, I just kind of pacing around. I'd hear a sound, and be like, "What was that?" And like, stare off into the darkness for a little while, and then just throw a bunch of logs on the fire, try and scare them away. It's crazy. Five it's like when you're when you're hiking around in, in an area where there could be bears. It's kind of always in the back of your mind, the paranoia of it. It's like that, but there are big scary things like three feet from you in the dark of night, running around. So many things. Like bears are usually not there, but you're still looking. But this yeah. time it's just like be be viper aware, be warthog aware, be baboon aware, be lion aware, be <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Leopard there, there aware. Was so much running around that would not be amped to see me. It wouldn't. It'd be like, yeah. what is this caveman doing here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that was my next question. Like maybe that goes into how you said you just chose not to quit but how did you choose between positive and negative thoughts because when you were finally going on your walk to meet your people after your five days alone there was two more people who you were about to meet up with um that was the other crew and that was the plan that you guys would go what 11 days um just you guys and then meet up for the rest of the days and you you were like i hope i make it i sure hope this will be okay like it felt like a lot of times in those kind of situations, you'll hear people be a lot more negative. So going back to my question, how did you choose between positive and negative thoughts? I'm glad you asked that. The um, The difference between positivity and negativity out there is the difference between making it. It sounds cliche to say, but the the mental headspace you're in is so important. People will say 90% of your survival chance is based on how your headspace is. Um, and me personally, I know if I'm trying to be really consciously positive through my day to day, I know that does well for me. If I'm like on a stressful day at work or things aren't going great with the, you know, with the significant other or something like that, you know, staying positive is is big and so in a situation where staying positive is crucial i think coming from 
practicing that in my day to day really helped me kind of get in the zone of being positive. Um, and I actually made a point to not complain on camera at all. Nice. And I don't, I don't really know if I did that or not. Some of my things were probably a little complaining. You but... only complained about not being able to catch a fish, but that was warranted. We'll talk more about this fish soon, but it was a bane of Noah's day for sure. As we get to the end of Noah's story about his time surviving in Africa naked, we're going to talk about some of the most important lessons you take away from survival situations. Stay tuned. And we're back. <laughs> Hopefully I can put an ad for socks in there or something. Oh, hell yeah. Gene, Gene Taylor's, Taylor's dude. <laughs> Good stuff. Go get some socks. Go get them. Thank you for that. All right. Yeah, of course. Gene Taylor's loves no handlebars. He's never even listened to it, but he's just into it. <laughs> he just loves that. guy. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Marshall, shout out. We love you. Okay. So we left off at a great spot, which is when you were choosing between positive and negative thoughts. And I agree with you in that. Like, I realize in life a lot of times there is, I'm like, man, there's really two ways to look at the situation. You know, your positive thought could be just as real as your negative thought, but it's just like which one you choose to follow, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think that really, really intensely thinking about everything in the sense of can I control it or can I not control it? Mm -hmm. um, and not worrying about the things you can't control in the in the context of naked and afraid, whether it's like, oh, it's cold tonight or it's too hot today or it's really windy or it's going to rain all that stuff. You can't control it or your partner is in a bad mood or you're not catching food, whatever. Um, mm. If you didn't catch food, you know, you could beat yourself up about it or you could try something else. Right. Or if it's really cold, you obviously can't change that, but you can do different strategies. So I think it's, it's really all about getting in the mindset of, adaptation um rather than you know letting every setback or downfall really beat you down i think that is kind of kind of the way to think about it and it's really hard to put into words um and it, it's hard to make the decision to be positive it really is right um but i think it it's important in day-to-day -day or in an in intense situation like this to to really focus on it would be like, all right, I'm thinking about this and I'm stressing out. Can't do that. Find some other way to look at it. Right. I think the most recent experience in my life was I was like changing out my radiator for the first time in my car. And there was this one freaking nut. It's the last part to put on. And for some reason I couldn't get it detached like it was before. And I was like, I could be the, the mechanic who like throws a wrench through the wall or I could just screw this method and do something else that's perfectly fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even, yeah, stuff like that. It goes so far in your day-to-day. -day. Or, Isn't... you know, a, a day doesn't go as well as you like at work. You can let it beat you up or you can, you know, change something, make it happen. Make it happen. Straight up. So after this, you're like, okay, I hope I meet my naked people. I hope they're out there somewhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you yeah, sounded so... way more positive than that. <laughs> you were more like, I hope I see people. Hope I don't die out here in the wilderness. <laughs> so I was coming from six days alone or seven days. Um, and I was hungry. I was so sunburnt. And I was so... about to go on this big, long hike. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know if there were other people out there. Mm. So I was like, oh, man, I hope there is. Like, I would really benefit from just hanging out with someone. Because, you know, I wasn't really allowed to talk to the producers or the camera people or anything. They're just background at this point so it's like really really wanting to commiserate with someone have a little camaraderie here yeah definitely misery loves company right there's one yeah. where that's a negative thing but there's also a positive misery loves company when yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> kind of like kind of like i i listened to the most recent episode of no handlebars no handlebars everyday success for a better life climbing the mountains that's what it's all about. The um, the kind of feeling you get where you're like, oh man, I really don't want to be doing this, 
but you know, I recognize, and this is my goal and I recognize it's going to be good for me and all that stuff. Um, that spread out over three weeks oh. was how I felt. Yeah. Damn, dude. It, it really felt more adjacent to like going on a long run or going climbing and you're really scared, something like that. It felt like you, like when you, when you are climbing and you get scared and you make the, the decision to keep going and not give up and really give it your hardest, that, that tipping point is what I felt like I was kind of on the whole time. That's intense. That's life, baby. Yeah. That's what That's it takes. Life. You got what it takes. Yeah. So you find these people and you, they must have been so happy to see you because, you know, they have their own thing going on. It was kind of like their dynamic was interesting. Um, they were good partners, but at the same time, I feel like you guys would be bros. <laughs> so, and they probably could use a little bit of refreshment too. So you roll up like freaking George of the Jungle, big hair. <laughs> And you go, naked people! <laughs> and you run <laughs> up. Everyone has naked hugs again. Oh, naked hugs. Way to go. <laughs> how was that? I honestly, it's nicer, right? But how was that relief? A relief again or what? Kind of like the first time. I was really amped, first of all, to not be just the only naked guy around. <laughs> um, but then seeing other people was like, wow, these people are going through what I've been going through. And now we are a team. Nice. And so the energy was super hype at first. And you were so funny, dude. You go, <laughs> you just you're the way Noah is. You guys pull out the map and you go, okay, let's, what'd you say? Let's pull out the map and take a look-see. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, let's take a look-see, shall we? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I say that all the time, but for whatever reason, all my friends and family seeing me say that on TV, that's all they say around me. It's like, my catchphrase now <laughs> just because the situation is you guys are all so naked and like lost weight looking pretty rough out there <laughs> okay let's take a look see at what we got here <laughs> okay let's go this way i guess <laughs> yeah and i don't i don't know how it looks to people that haven't really interacted with me or whatever mm -hmm. i was trying to keep it light and positive at all the times i think i think to some people it might look like I was just kind of a kind of a goofy idiot out there from time to time. I don't uh, I don't think it came off like that, but your positivity was very lighthearted, which was humorous because people find that, you know, hard, but I find that humor is so freaking important in life. Humor was important. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's you're hungry. I think at the most I went 6 days in a row without eating. Wow. And, you know, I've never done that in my day to day. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're like not feeling good out there. What does that feel like? Because I have not done that before either, thankfully. I think hunger is really interesting because the first two to three days of not eating, you get like the classic hunger pains and your stomach is growling and all that stuff. But then it kind of fades away. And then you just get really tired and lightheaded and kind of like, brain foggy mm -hmm. um i remember thinking i mean one of the longer stints that i didn't eat um i remember thinking like wow i feel like i am in a pink floyd song right now Comfortably what? numb. Just like wandering around the African desert. There were like moments of clarity that I would have. I'd be like, so in the moment, um, I'd be like, all right, today I'm going to go look for fish. And I made myself a spear. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm naked in Africa making the spear so I can eat today. It's like, this is, this is crazy. And then just, like snap right back in and like, all Is right, well, I got to do it. When you think so, of that? No, it, it kind of grounded me because, you know, for, for however intense it is, you're take a step back, look at it. You're like, it's a, it's a TV show, you know, it's intense. Sure. But you know, it's kind of funny. Like I'm, I'm naked. There are all these cameras <laughs> around. I'm doing, I'm like rolling around in the dirt, looking for scorpions to eat. Like 
This is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, but you're still starving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're still, you're still going through it forever. Ridiculous. It is. You're still feeling it. No one does a naked and afraid challenge and feels good the whole time. For sure. You know, every aspect of it is uncomfortable. You can't even like sit down comfortably anywhere. Yeah. It's it so imagine. hot during the day and so cold at night. And you're always having to do stuff and you got smoke in your eyes all the time. There are bugs and thorns. Oh, oh my goodness. The thorns were everywhere. Every plant had thorns on it. <laughs> Africa, dude. Did you know it got cold in Africa? I knew it got cold. I didn't know that I would feel as cold as I did. Mm. I think it might have been in part because I lost so much weight Mm. or that I had, you know, obviously that I was naked. Um, But I was so cold. The cold was probably the crux for me. Yeah. I think the cold rainy nights really got to me. Man. And at this point you're with your team, right? Your other two people. Yeah. Um, It was Max and Michael Michael Lynn. Lynn. Michael Lynn. Got it. So you guys had a really strong, um, stoked energy, feeling really positive and motivated at first. Well, that's what it seemed like. But what was the energy once you guys got settled in? And then how did that change in your time together? We're talking about teams now. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we first all met up, Michael Lynn was kind of having a hard time. It was kind of like, all right, good to meet you, blah, 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 blah. Now we kind of got to, you know, build a new shelter, find food and water, help out everyone in the teams to succeed. And then we kind of got settled into it. Um, and Max and I kind of had a bro down. Dude. Um, Max is a big snowboarder. I'm a snowboarder. Dude. We've mm-hmm. been to a lot of the same places. We've had a lot of similar experiences. This one time, Max and I were chatting. It was probably like two or three in the morning or whatever. And just like in between 30 minute segments of sleeping. Mm-hmm. and we're like man what kind of snowboard do you ride and we talked for probably like two three hours about snowboarding and kind of towards the end michael Lynn sits up and she's like i didn't understand any of that we had a good time all of us i think the i think that's definitely the camaraderie set in around then mm. um we were joking around helping out each other as best we can um and we'd have check-ins all the time be like how are you doing today you know, really encourage, um, you know, honesty with that kind of thing. I think it was a really good dynamic for this situation and all of us kind of from different walks of life. Yeah. Did you have a worst day? Oh, the worst day. Um, it was probably when Riley left. Oh yeah. Probably my worst day. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. When Riley left and he was alone for five days. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is a big moment of turning and deciding right there. Yeah. Totally understand. Yeah, that that really did feel like a turning point for me. Up until that point, the the dynamic, the framework of the episode, if you will, was kind of set up like, all right, these this mentor and mentee are paired together. Let's see their interactions, see if the mentor can get their mentee out with them. And when my mentor left, I was alone. <gasps> and so I was like, all right, well, time to buckle down get it done on my own i guess that's you know, life gonna... too so many people that's life yeah that's life if anything you had a better lesson by getting ditched exactly i learned a lot you know like self-confidence whatever how to catch fish i got um i caught some frogs that i ate scorpions mm. um yeah and Moby those Dick. those little small victories that I got when I was alone were really big for me. Each little thing I did right that was a win, even even if it was finding a little grub in firewood that I would later eat. Um, and like all that stuff was just a little like, oh, grub, yeah. huh? Do you just eat those yeah. babies raw? No, I cooked them. <laughs> Damn. Oh yeah, the little victories. That is what this podcast is all about, is the everyday achievements and how important they are to get little victories. Yeah. When, when you're in a situation where it's 95% losses and working for seemingly no end, and you get those little victories. If you, can, if you can dwell on those, if you can focus on that and draw positivity and good energy from that, that's what it's all about. And I think it's incredibly transferable to life. Nice. 
Did you ever get that in the pizza kitchen? No. <laughs> no, not I, your thing. <laughs> I hated that. That was my least favorite thing I've ever done. Oh my god. I hate to say it. The I pizza life is not for it. Noah. That's okay. Hey Noah, how about that one fish you were trying to catch? So, okay. The whole story with the fish. <laughs> I was fishing with hooks and line every day for the whole for 21 days. I didn't catch a single fish like that. I couldn't figure out why I tried all different types of bait. I tried all different types of areas and and lengths of line and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I couldn't figure it out. So I was stumped. It's like, well, Riley was catching fish with her hands and with machete. So I guess that's what I'm going to do now. Um, instead of getting discouraged, trying something different. Um, and I was walking around kind of looking looking for potential areas where fish could be hiding out. I saw like the tail come out of the water a little bit. Oh man, here we go. Time to shine. And so I ran to the end of the little, the little pond and made sure it was all blocked off. Somehow this fish had gotten trapped in what the, what the catfish will do was they'll school all the little fish into like almost tidal pools at the edge of the lake. Um, from watching them. Hmm. Yeah, it's all about just like looking at stuff and trying to figure out what sort of interactions things have together, what means what. And so I blocked the exit with rocks to make sure it couldn't leave. Like, all right, time to get down to business. And started waiting in it, trying to find it. And I didn't know how big it was. And at one point, it like hit my leg. I was like, oh man, that is a large fish. It's a honker. And I speared it. Hog. And <laughs> the hog. <laughs> <laughs> I you speared, speared the fish it. and it broke my spear. And this oh, is one of those moments that I was God. like, what is happening? Why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And my spear is broken, so I'm like, okay. But I, I assumed I had injured the fish a little bit and it was swimming around kind of the other side. And I would like get up and wait and then like try and run after it. And I, at one point, I tried to grab it and it's huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't grab it that way. And then, yeah, an hour at least. I was probably two hours trying to catch this fish. This fish was my Moby Dick. It was the bane of my existence. I had a personal vendetta against this fish. <laughs> and this was the moment that I, that I hadn't eaten for six days up until this point. So I was like, okay, this is, it has to happen. And at one point I saw the fish trying to swim in shallower water, jumped on it with a machete, and <laughs> chopped it and got <laughs> it. it. dude. Chopped Hell yeah. It. Those machetes are yeah, four. It was, it was crazy. Um, pulled the fish out and it was big. I caught the fish the day before my birthday. Mm -hmm. The show, they said it was on my birthday. Editing. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. So I'll just go with what the show says, I guess. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but so I pulled this fish out, hadn't eaten in six days. So amped. Um, and it was my birthday, so I was super happy about that. Wow, and that's a little super personal victory. Yeah, and my twenty fourth birthday, fishing for catfish with a machete. It was basically yeah. fish hunting at mm -hmm. this point. And you weren't hungry after that. I was not hungry after that fish. The wow. um, the way to eat a catfish like that is pretty yeah. gnarly. Okay, you, I've heard they're gnarly. You eat everything that you can. And that moment. So we'd cut off steaks of catfish, cook them out of the fire, um, eat till we're full. And then everything else, the skin, the bones, except the guts, even the head, goes in a pot of water that we boil. And then that leaves you with a really gross fish stew, like a broth type This just tastes like a fish. Like his oh, it tastes like a fish. Stinky fish. <laughs> and there's like, you're getting like little bones in your teeth and like, the oil is like all up in your beard and your face. Nice. And it's gnarly. <laughs> but then you can't just let all that go to waste. So what you do is the next night you reboil the pot of water. You add more water, reboil it. So then it's two day old fish stew and so on and so forth until the end. Mm -hmm. um, it must have been three, four days that we were eating that same fish. fish. Stew. Ooh. And then, and then in the daytime, you know, this, Fish stew is sitting out in the 95 degree heat. That can't be good. It, no, but then if you reboil it, it becomes safe. Right, right, it's right. just gross. 
that was the worst thing i ate was that three-day-old fish yeah and it didn't taste good even though you were hungry no at that point it tasted bad (laughs) you're like too close to home for it to taste yeah yeah because we're probably at like day i don't know pretty close to 21 we're working with 21 days as a reminder and okay so you caught the fish and then the the show made it seem like okay we're gonna skip to the end now (laughs) (laughs) because was that pretty close or did they skip yeah yeah you know it it was kind of funny how well it worked out if i wouldn't have gotten a big victory at that point i would be trying hard for other stuff Mm -hmm. um but the fact that we got that victory then we were able to rest up a little bit um pretty much the day's activities would wear you out so being able to kind of take your foot off the gas there would prepare us to do the hike out at the end it was a well-timed victory that was much needed beautiful beautiful so on your guys's way out like what happened to your shoes you guys all had shoes and then you all didn't have shoes you're suffering okay the shoes the shoes first of all i made my shoes and i thought they looked great Apparently, at the same time, Max and Michael Lynn were making these snazzy flip-flops, and I was in, like, weird clogs. I felt like <laughs> Peter Pan great. out there. They protected the sides of your feet. Very good. They protected the sides of my feet. You're right. At this point in the story, we're on our way out. We're on day 21, and Michael Lynn, Max, and Noah are taking the hike to salvation. But at that point, our feet were so toughened up that most of the thorns didn't hurt. It was just like the goat head things Ooh. that would get in there. The hike out was so incredibly rocky, and the shoes were super slippery on the rocks. Mm. Man, I was so tired. Yeah, and then you had to from... swim. Even though, I wasn't the cameraman swim. like on a boat next to you? And they're like, no. Making you swim? No. no. I had to <laughs> swim to this boat. <laughs> they made it seem like you're getting filmed by some guy next to you. No, no, go swim out to the boat. And that, oh, that point. I, I don't think I've ever been colder in my life. Eyes on the prize. Yep. There's a boat. That's my way home. There's got to be food around somewhere. Yeah. There's um, the little tea sandwiches that they eat in Hollywood. Exactly. And we were, Max, Michael, Lynn, and I were just so giddy. We were just like dancing around. Like, like we made it. We're out. Like, this is great. All we have to do is swim. And then we jump in the water. It's like, oh, it's so <laughs> cold. It, I've never been more cold in my life. And then you get out and you get in the boat and then you just start speeding off into the sunset. Oh. And you're like shivering and <laughs> like still naked, obviously. They didn't give you a towel? When when everything wrapped up, I got a robe. A very nice white oh, bathrobe. Beautiful. And right at the end, I got a jar of peanut butter put in my hand. When I got done, I was like, oh yeah. And I just scooped peanut butter into my mouth. They're like, get him proteined up before he dies. Yeah. It's on us. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like, Two bites of peanut butter and I'm like so incredibly full because my stomach had shrank so much mm-hmm. and I feel sick because I hadn't had like processed food mm-hmm. or like any sort of salt or anything. Wow. And then like alternating peanut butter and pickle juice for the first little bit. <laughs> Just thinking about the food we eat every day, how freaking rich that is. Oh, wow. Man. man, don't eat for for a while. Go back and try and eat regular food. That's tough. Have you it changed does a your number diet? System. Oh, no, you ate a quesadilla today. Yeah, I had a quesadilla. I don't think I've changed my diet, but I think my relationship with food has changed quite a bit. But just kind of having that in the back of my mind is like, if I miss a meal, you know, it's not good, obviously, but, you know, I, I have operated at a high level with eating a lot less food. Right. So kind of like in an extreme situation, you can do it. I got back on the evening of October 30th. So the next day being Halloween, meaning (laughs) there was tons and tons of candy around. Just everywhere I look, there's like a little bowl of candy somewhere, anywhere I go. And in my starved state, I was like, oh yeah, bring it on, candy, for sure, I have to. And then I would eat it and feel like garbage for two hours because of the sugar and and whatever else in it. I couldn't stop. I ate so much food the first week I was back. Damn. The concept of being able to go to a grocery store and buy food and give paper for food is incredible. Yeah. You think you're just crazy grateful now? Yes. That's something Max seemed very, like, he expressed a lot in the show. 
like something like when you got your fish, I'm so thankful for this. And he would voice his thankfulness a lot. I think he also yeah. shared the humor thing. Like when Michael Lynn was super afraid of the baboons that one night when they were getting close to you guys and she's laying there. I don't want to get eaten by a baboon. He goes, are you naked and afraid? She's like, I am terrified. <laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> were you scared the baboons were going to come grab you? I don't. Um, it's you guys weird. Were looking. We were looking. There was stuff running around. We couldn't really tell what it was. Sometimes it was warthogs running by. Sometimes it's baboons. Occasionally there'd be like a, uh, like some sort of impala animal mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing that was running by. And that would be, you know, bigger and louder. So that would startle us. Um, Freaking gazelle. But there were times, there were times where I was like, oh man, they're like, this is for real. This is scary. Dude. And you just like have to live in that fright for a moment and get past it. Yeah. I guess. Because I don't know. For me, going to Hawaii, I had to like face just Hawaii, <laughs> the yeah, ocean, though, yeah. you know? And we did some sea kayaking and borrowed a kayak from some friends. And they're like, yeah, just don't let, don't let the sea lions bite you, you know? Like, you'll probably be fine. The waves are like, <sighs> me and Jimmy are going to this, this island and we have to turn the boat and the waves are coming at us for a second we're going as fast as we can and i was so scared and i really couldn't suppress my fear um except for singing that was the only thing that made me feel like everything's gonna be fine yeah yeah and that (laughs) moment that moment of being like i am afraid and probably don't want to be here right now Mm -hmm. and the decision to be like all right i'm doing it this is what i'm going through that moment is so good for people and for growth and right. for learning and everything. It's And I, I found when I was out there time and time again, that's how I felt. It's like, all right, making the decision to do this, making the decision to go get firewood when I don't want to, making the decision to look for food again, even though I'm exhausted. All mm-hmm. that stuff is like, that was the theme of like just deciding. Yeah. And it's, it's weird and abstract to think about, but you know, mm-hmm. everything you do is a decision. Right. And every decision you make can either benefit or harm you. Mm -hmm. And I think in a situation like that, you're like, well, all right, if I don't get firewood, then I'm going to be really cold tonight. Right. But in real life, if you're like, oh, well, if I don't do laundry, I'm going to have dirty clothes next week. The consequences are different, but still Mm -hmm. important to know that you should do things and to make the decision to do it. Right. And, you know, feeling feeling accomplished after doing stuff. Straight it's, up. it's important. That's what it's about, baby. No, seriously, Noah, that is awesome. What you did was something Thank like you so much. I would want to do just to like feel that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'd rather interview Noah about it and hear what he has to say. But it's cool to know that you are capable if you were ever needing to be in that situation. And hopefully not yeah. in Africa. Right. It is cool. I've done a lot of backpacking and climbing whatever and i haven't had to spend 21 days in the wild naked as a result from one of those adventures going wrong but you know say worst case scenario i get lost in the woods i could make it a couple days oh you're giving Uh, me confidence i'm like maybe i could too i probably you could could too i you could do it all right you think so yeah okay i think think a lot more people could do a naked and afraid challenge than they think all right, all right. I I believe you. We'll see one day if they ever hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah, like, damn, uh, it. <laughs> I have I, to do it. Should I throw them your name? No. <laughs> what advice it. do you have for the people out there in No Handlebars Earthland? Oh man, advice for people. Hmm. We got less than a minute left. <laughs> oh beans! Oh beans! Um, go crazy. Big goals, go for it. I never thought I would be able to do it, but I did it. That's pretty cool. I feel good about it. So go do cool things. You know, challenge yourself. Even though it's like supposedly way above your ability level or whatnot, just do it. Go for it. Reach high. I love that. Thank you, Noah. Credits? Noah, thank you so much for reminding us that we can do whatever we put our minds to.
Round of applause for Noah being in Africa and the nude for 21 days straight and starving and having to stay in the middle of the night in the dark. Crazy. Thank you and good job, Noah. Keep it up. You can follow Noah on Instagram to see what the heck he's up to over there in Bozeman, Montana. He does a lot of snowboarding. You can follow Noah at Noah's Mattress on Instagram.com. That's all one word Noah's Mattress. You know, mattress like on a bed. Yeah, I don't know. Shout out to freesound.org for all of our sweet sound effects. Shout out to all of our listeners out there. Thank you. Thank you for listening in today. And and I hope after listening to this, you feel inspired to go do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe not as uncomfortable as getting thorns in your booty, but pretty uncomfortable. Go do it. You can follow No Handlebars on Instagram at nohandlebars underscore podcast and stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks, guys. Everyday achievements for a more inspired life. All right, whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah. No Handlebars. <laughs> Nick, what? how does it feel to be naked for 21 days? Freeing. <laughs> you think? Even if you're in the African desert? Extra freeing. What if you get your asshole, excuse my language, burnt? I mean, it would, it would scar over. Like, it would, it would adjust.